Hey guys, welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience with your host, I'm Reese. And today we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited. My best friend is here. Her name is Randy Brewster. Randy, what you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> Recording with you. <laughs> No, no, but for real, guys, this is my sister. Like when I was living in Roanoke, Virginia, she was my first friend. And really, like when I left, I had developed other friendships, but none quite like ours. Talked every single day. This is my best friend, and I'm so happy that she's here. I'm so happy. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to be with us. Of course. Anything for my sis? Yes. So now that you're on the show, now you get to kind of see how we kind of roll on here. So I always ask people, what what's their favorite caffeinated beverage? And I know you don't drink coffee, but if you have another caffeinated beverage that you drink, what is it? <laughs> it's Pepsi for without a doubt, Pepsi. Um, now it's Diet Pepsi because I'm trying to do better, but yeah, Pepsi. Pepsi. You know, like within my 27 years of living, I have never had a Pepsi. Jesus, we're going to have to fix that. (laughs) I've had a Coke. I've had Coke, but not Pepsi. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Dark sodas. I don't know. Ginger ale is my favorite. Um, I think I shared that before on, on the podcast. You know, ginger ale fix everything, cure everything. It's one of my favorite drinks. (laughs) But I never had a Pepsi. Shame. Gotta fix it. I know. Have to get you a Pepsi. It's a shame. (laughs) Yes. It's a shame. Oh, and I have to tell you, so you are the first person I'm interviewing that I actually know personally. Everybody else that was on the show was people I met through podcasts, uh, Facebook groups, and over social media, and they just emailed me or um, messaged me, and they were just like, hey, i love to be on your show, but you're actually like family. So cheers to first. Yay. Yes, cheer to first. So I guess... Let's just hop right on in because I know you. I know the audience don't know you, but I know you. But I want the audience to know you. So why don't you tell everybody like where where did you grow up and where did you grow up and how would you describe like your childhood? Okay, so I grew up in a small little small little town called um, Covington in Allegheny County in Virginia. Um, Childhood was a little rough because my father was an alcoholic who could be abusive at times. Um, Me and mom was super close. And then like that on top of being in a very closed-minded type of town was interesting and had its own challenges itself. But mostly, like I said, my childhood was rough because of my father, without a doubt. Were you the only child? I was. Okay, you're the only child. So you have only child syndrome. You don't like to share? (laughs) Um, 
I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like I share well, but I, I don't know. Maybe, possibly. No, you're the sweetest person I know. Randy will give her shirt off her back for somebody. Like she <laughs> shares very well without having a sibling. Like she shares very well. Um. So you described like okay. So you grew up in a very small town, and you were very close with your mom. Dad was an alcoholic. How long did he drink? Like, is he still drinking or kind of like, what was that like? Okay. So I don't know if he was, I'm assuming he drank like when I was a baby and up, but if that's the case, then he drank till I was 13 or 14. Um, And he almost had died multiple times in the hospital at that point from pancreatitis. He had lost his license from having three DUIs all of that. Um, and he quit drinking until 2012. So I was, let me trying to do math, like 26, 27, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And he just picked back up, like he never stopped. And he drank until 2019, where he almost died again, ended up in the hospital, ended up on a ventilator, like all the things. And Um, he quit again for almost two years and he just recently has picked back up for the third time. Okay. Okay. Has dad ever, um, seeked any help? Like, has he ever seeked like, uh, inpatient help or therapy or anything? No, he's never done any of that at all. Okay. So as I could imagine, you're probably like at wit's end and probably frustrated, Have you tried to talk to him and probably see, like, understand, like, what is the trigger for him or? Yeah, I've definitely tried to talk to him. Um, And I know the audience doesn't know Pops. You know a little bit about Pops. He's a very hard-headed man. So talking to him is very hard. But I've tried and he's just like, oh, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. And if I want to quit, I'll quit. Yes. Stubborn. Very stubborn. Oh, Lord. Okay. So Pops Pops is on his own a little bit, but we still check in and talk to Pops. Like Randy said, I know a little bit about Pops. Uh, We make fun of him. And um, I I tell people he's my white daddy. He's the only white daddy I have. And so, um, and he loves me like a child, but he can be very stubborn. (laughs) and very hard to understand. (laughs) But dealing with addiction is hard, especially as a child, especially as the only child in the household with two parents and having to watch that. Like, how was your father's and your and your mother's like relationship? What was that like? Horrible. I mean, again, I don't remember super young ages. but I remember like elementary age anyways, um, seeing them fight or him being in one of his rages because he was, he could be like happy, cool, drunk, or he could be like, I'm ready to kill everybody drunk. And there was no reason or why, but I do remember like coming in the house one day and our refrigerator was right beside the front door and he had my mom yanked up by the note throat uh, up against the refrigerator and he's screaming at her and hitting her and he threw us out that weekend and you know things like that um 
that he he did multiple different occasions. So I, I definitely remember that um, for sure. And then everyone in the family thinking that we were making it up because around them, he was the fun drunk. And he was only the angry drunk when he was at home with us. But yeah, I definitely remember situations like that. I remember even on good occasions, like for Christmas, for example, my gifts would be wrapped in beer boxes just because that's what was laying around. Goodness gracious. And when you talked and you hung out, like you had friends, childhood friends, friends in the neighborhood, maybe that would come over, friends you could talk with when you were growing up. In the neighborhood, um, it was a real small, like, one-way, closed-in type street, but my next-door neighbor was my cousins. So, yeah, they kind of knew what was up, and they understood it, but our parents, like, you know, they didn't really talk about it, and they tried to mind their own business and that sort of thing. Um, And then their dad also had his own issues. But, so there was that, and then... um, there was friends at school, but then like they had issues. The really the main source of like getting it out, I guess you could say, is there was a group in elementary school called Banana Splits, and it was for kids whose parents had split up. And I had talked to my counselor many a times about like everything I was going through, and he was like, "Your parents may not have split, but I feel like you would do good in this group." And so I went to that group as well. Thank you to that counselor that wanted to at least get you some support. Um, I know nowadays I'm not I'm not too sure because, you know, we've grown up and how counselors were back in our day versus how counselors are now might be just a I don't know if there's a big difference. And of course, I don't have kids, so I can't speak to it. But I would think like the counselors back in our day, they were there, they were on it. And to some degree, they cared and they tried to help out as much as possible um, without overstepping the line or crossing over any type of boundaries or anything like that. But it sounds like that counselor just wanted you to have support and um, a safe, confidential place where you could come and talk about things that might have been on your mind. So I guess fast forward. Um, you're not a child anymore. We are done with high school. Let's go to college. Like in your early 18, 19, 20, 21, like, where are we? Did we go to school? And if you did, what did you take up and where did you go? A lot of questions in one. (laughs) Okay. So I did go to, um, community college. Um, it, well, they just recently changed the name of it. But when I went to it, it was Dabney S. Lancaster. And I think they're changing it because I guess the Dabney guy was not a good guy. I, I don't know. Uh-oh. I um, think you're breaking anyways, up a little bit. I went bit. there. You said you went to where? Dabney S. Lancaster. Gotcha. Yeah. And... um. So I went there and that was also a good time because that was part of the, my dad was sober phase. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally I was going to study administrative support technologies or AST, but I quickly realized that wasn't enough to like entice me. So I changed it to like doing general education because I wanted to be a lawyer Unfortunately, after being in school for about two years, it came down to the point of 
I could either work or I could go to school, but I was not able to do both. And financially, I had to work. So I ended up dropping out of school. Um, And that was pretty much, yeah, that was my college era. So after we went through college, like what came next? What type of work did you do? Um, So at the time when I was in college, I was going um, front desk at hotels, but it quickly turned from that to call center work. So I worked for a lot of different corporations from HFN to Dish Network to the local bank, all kinds of different places where I was your local call center rep. Awesome. Awesome. And you so, so back up just a little bit. You said you had to work and you had to choose between work and going to school. Why did you have to work? I mean, we all have to work, but like what was going on at the time? Cause I, I don't want to make that clear. Cause a lot of college students do have to work. I'm, I'm one of them. I had to work too, but what was going on in your life? Um, I had, you know, your typical car payment, car insurance, um, things of that nature and and other little bills or whatever, but my parents couldn't help with. And where I live, there's no bus, there's no taxi, there was no nothing. So it was either work and continue to keep the car or walk everywhere. And then I still wouldn't be able to go to college because it was like, I don't know, 15 miles from where I lived and I definitely ain't walking that far. Um, So yeah, it was just typical bills and stuff that I had acquired, but I just, my parents were unable to uh, assist any financially. So that's kind of what it came down to. And it was the hours that really made it hard for the Mm -hmm. work college combo because working at a hotel, they, it's crazy hours. So, Oh yeah. Graveyard shift. I mean, you need somebody at the front desk at all times. Now I ain't never work at no hotel, but when I be staying at hotels, they be up there all times of night. They need to be there in case somebody walk in and need a room. So I'm like, my goodness, that means you have to stay up. I, I would be falling asleep. You know what time I go to bed. Like I would be tired. I, you would have to put me on day shift. Like me and that, we wouldn't have clicked. <laughs> like, no, no, we wouldn't have clicked. So, okay, guys. So now you kind of have um, a background of Miss Randy. And now, um, now we're going to talk about the present or fast forward a little bit more. So um, kind of give us a background of where you were when you were doing call center work from there to like the adulting years, I like to call it. Oh, Lord have mercy. Almost up until the point where we met, like where were you and kind of, I know that's broad, but kind of pick like a little, give us like a little summary of where you were in that time leading up to um, the point where we almost met. Okay. So, um, I was one of the, well, I moved out a few times, but it was very brief encounter due to my ex best friend. Um, that that's a whole novel, but yeah, it was very brief because of that. And then, um, most of the time I stayed at home with my parents. And then as my mom got older and then my parents both retired, I guess you could say, um, they needed more help, like even with just 
the last house that they bought, they need to help with the down payment and the rent and the things like that. So I definitely stayed around to help them out. And I put them before myself even. Um, so there was that. And then of course, for work wise, like I did all my call center stuff. Unfortunately, um, I tweaked my back a few years ago and caused sciatica and a bunch of other crazy things. So I've been on disability for a while now. So that happened. Um, and then when I was able to get my current apartment, I definitely hopped on it. Um, parents were not too happy about it, but I was 31 at the time. I'm like, most kids have been moved out. Like I've done it enough at this point. Right. So yeah. And then I moved here um, to Roanoke and chilled out for a while until, yeah, until I met you basically. <laughs> yeah, so Wait, so give to give you guys even more background. So me and Randy met 2019, uh, 20, yep, at the beginning of 2019, I moved to Roanoke on January the 3rd. And then like maybe a week or at that exact same week, I went to Elevation Church. Um, it's, I think it's the only Elevation Church in Virginia. I could be wrong, but Lord have mercy. I think Roanoke is the only campus. But anyway, I went because I was like, I have to find a church home. And so I went to church and then everybody was like, get involved in e-groups. And I went to e-groups. And I think the first time or the second time I came to e-group, I met you. I think. I was going to say, um, to just catch up on that, we are the only Elevation campus is in Roanoke, okay. um, of Virginia, I should say. And uh, I think it was your second week because they said, yeah, there's the new girl. She came from last week. and blah. Yeah. So I think it was your second week, my first week. Okay. Okay. So how did you like, how did you hear about Elevation? Like what made you want to come? And then what made you want to come to the e-group? Okay, so I feel like all my whole life is just crazy stories. Um, so I had a a, a friend that uh, passed away, unfortunately, from, um, we believe, undiagnosed sleep apnea that may have turned into like a heart attack. Um, and at his funeral, like they got up there and they were speaking about how he's in heaven and that sort of thing. And another one of the friends was kind of took over and was like we don't know we're in heaven and so our name is written in the life book of life and how do you know if your name is written in the book of life if you ain't been to church and you ain't been saved and he just went on and on and he was like everybody join me for church and I was like okay so I talked to him and I was like are you serious about the invite and he was like yeah and I was like where's your church at and he's like elevation and so on and so on so when I showed up that Sunday couldn't find him because it was a sea of people mm -hmm. And I feel like you kind of like, they just kind of rushed me like, oh, you're new. Okay, cool. And then after service, they grabbed me and like you're filling out the stuff and they were like, oh, you absolutely need to join an e-group. It's a, it's imperative that you join an e-group. And they kind of pushed me until I yes. it. And I was just like, um, okay. <laughs> they do be like that though. Like join the e-group, join the e-group. I'm like, what is an e-group? Oh, it's when you sit and connect, you got to be connected. I'm like, oh, okay. That's how they got me too. They were like, here, join this. It's one for ladies. Go to this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> for those of you who have been to Elevation or go to Elevation that's listening, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's just because they care. Like they want to make sure people have community. And at that time, that was very important for me moving to a whole new state by myself on my own. No mom, no family, like just 
bugging it. So um, you came to the e-group and then like since you started coming to Elevation, um, how has that played a role in like making sure you knew the Lord, you came to church, your your name was written in the book of lambs? Uh, what how, how has that played a role? How did God meet you where you were? Oh, correction, not the I'm book of lambs. Better role, so let me give a little. Sorry, not the book of lambs, the book of life. I'm sorry, guys. There is no lambs. Uh, that makes the book. It's the book of life. I didn't mean to say the book of lambs. Okay, go ahead, Brandy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, so like to give a little bit of backstory, um, I did go to church a little bit in my childhood. So I feel like I knew the Lord, but we had just kind of drifted apart as the years that went on. So going back to elevation and getting back into it and then being resaved like the first day and um then I got baptized I want to say it was like April or March one of those two months I got baptized and all that really came to help and helped me in more ways than I could even imagine back in January when I started because in May of that year is when I lost my mom and I can honestly say had it not been for the Lord and for you I wouldn't have made it through that. That was definitely like the hardest time of my life. So that definitely helped. And definitely like just, I mean, even like the things I would say, people kind of gave me side eyes about, cause I was just like, you know, the conversation me and my mother had before she passed, we didn't even know she was going to pass, but we had this conversation about, um, cause my cousin had passed and she was like, Oh, well he's in heaven. And I was like, everyone always says everyone's in heaven, but how do you know if you ain't been saved? And, me and her went through that whole conversation and she told me like, Oh, I believe I was like, well, then you're saved. And then the very next morning is when she passed, like all that gave me peace. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I mean, I was upset obviously, but I also looked at it like I could have lost her a few years prior to a heart attack. And I felt like the Lord just gave me a few more years with her to let me get my life straight and her see me get my life straight and get her back into the fold. So I just feel like everything worked out for the right reason and for the right purpose. Yeah. You said like, I just feel like it was meant to be. Um, unfortunately, like your mom had to cross over, but she is in heaven and we know that. And you were able like to have that conversation with her and kind of say, well, how do you know? And she's like, oh, because I believe, you know, and you, you guys were able to talk that out right before she passed away. Um, a lot of people wouldn't have been able to look at the situation the way you have, because I know a lot of people have a good relationship with their mom and their mom is like their rock. And if something was to happen to her, you know, a lot of people are like, I would lose my mind. I would do this. I would do that. But you said, you know, she could have been taken like years before that time. And and the fact that you had all these years with her, you didn't feel like you were robbed, it's so to speak, like you didn't feel like the Lord just came and snatched her down. Um, a, co a couple more years would have been cool, but you celebrated the years of her life you guys had together and you were able to kind of pay it forward. So, oh Lord, that was, yeah, it's just like everything just kind of fell into place. And I knew, like, I've never had a friend who lost a parent before. So I was trying to put myself in your shoes and I was like, what would I need? And I was like, I would need somebody to distract me. I'm good at distracting. So I'm like, let's get up. Let's go. Let's. <laughs> I'm 
like, let's get up. Let's go to Charlotte. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's do this. Oh, they're having a parade today. Come on, Randy, wake up. Like, yeah, I just because you're not going to stay in the bed and and sob and mope. Like, so we're just going to get up and we're going to do something every single weekend. And so that was my plan. And now um, I don't know, like, even though I'm in Texas now and she's still in Roanoke, we still talk every single day. And, you know, it takes 21 days to make a habit. And we're like 21 times too many. And so now we're thick as thieves, guys. But that's what I had to do for my sister. Um, I just wanted to be there for her and support her in any way I knew how. And I'm glad that the Lord allowed me to be able to do that for her. So, yes. Oh, goodness. So I would definitely say we talked a little about things, but tell everybody, like, where are you now spiritually? Um, what are you doing now? What uh, church are you still attending Elevation? Like, what church do you go to? And um, what are you getting out of it? Like, how is this church feeding you spiritually? Okay, so, um, well, we all know the great COVID came through and that kind of changed everything. So since I wasn't going physically to Elevation every week, it was a lot easier to explore other churches at the time as well. And I had already watched this one church a couple of times, but then I got to watch it more regularly. And that's Transformation Church out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Michael Todd. Um, Got to get my little plug in there. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, like he... His style just definitely hits me more and it just, it's everything to me. It gives me a second life. I feel like not only am I going to church, but he's actually like, like a school kind of like he's teaching us how to do certain things in a godly way. And it's just, it just gives me new air and new breath and I love it. And I would definitely say that's my home church now at this point, even if it is in Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, definitely his church. And I'm definitely working on getting closer with the Lord and having crazy and crazier faith and all the things, just knowing that he has no cap and he can do anything. Like, yeah, so I'm definitely still walking with the Lord. Amen. Is there any like e-groups at, um, at uh, Pastor Mike Todd's church? Um, yeah, they, it's real, like they, it's kind of set up the same way as elevation, but they don't call them E groups. They call them belong groups, okay. but it's the same theory. Um, and yeah, I definitely joined a belong group. Um, and it's virtual and we're all over from Texas to Oklahoma to Virginia, North Carolina. There's probably some other States in there. I'm forgetting about Louisiana. Uh-huh. Um, and that's hosted by this great girl named Pray, uh, Paige and, yeah, I love that. And actually, I, can, I hope I can tell the followers this, but like Paige went to Woman Evolve and I was able to let y'all two link up and meet right. for Woman Evolve, which was cool. So, <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I mean, she has a wonderful spirit like me and her. She's plenty of fun um, and she's not afraid to like praise the Lord and be completely vulnerable. I saw that. Um I don't know if she knows this. She probably not. But like during the Woman Evolve um, conference, they we were having worship and they caught her on camera and she was like bawling, like tearing, hands raised, eyes closed. And I was just like, she better. She better. I think I was like all the way in the back. 
I was probably like a little dot in the back, back, back of the pews, like in the back, back, back of the church. But she was um, in the front close by the stage during the time and the camera caught her. And I was just like, that was a beautiful moment. I don't even know if she saw it. Well, she probably didn't because her eyes was closed. But I was like, Randy introduced me to a very good person. So I was like, yay. (laughs) I was excited. Yes. So that's wonderful, Randy, that you're still on this journey with the Lord and that you're getting spiritually fed at um, at another church and you are learning what you need to learn and you feel like you can connect there. And that's the only important part is like building that relationship with Christ. Um, if there's any advice that you could give somebody that's listening, that maybe they have a parent dealing with addiction, or maybe life didn't go the way they wanted it to go, or they're looking for a church home, or maybe they've been out of church for so long, they're scared to return back to church because, you know, the stigma of church and being new and having to take that first step and go by yourself. Like, what would you give someone who's listening? Um, what, what advice would you tell them? Um, so I'm going to break that up a little bit. So if you have a parent that is battling addiction, um, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is it's not your fault. There's nothing you can do. You can't wish that they would just quit and they're going to, it has to come from them. They have to want to quit. They have to want to step away. Of course we can pray and the Lord can always step in, but again, it's going to be ultimately their decision to also look for the Lord to get that help. Um, so that's would be my advice for that. As far as someone who's been away from church and coming back, um, we live in a great era of Google. So I would advise that if you have a church that you might want to attend, Google it and read the reviews because the reviews will tell you exactly what kind of church it is. Is it the one where you have to get dressed to the nines or is it the one that you can show up with <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt? And it will tell you everything you really need to know before you show up. Um, and just take that first step and try it. If you don't like it, you can always go to another church or whatever, but just take the first initiative and try to get back into it. Yes. I think that is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful advice, because I I like what you said about number one, it's not your fault and they're going to have to want to change because I don't know if there's anybody out there listening, but, um, who don't know me like, or follow me on social media, but I do do psychiatry. I am a PA. And one of the things I had to learn was just that, like, you can't want it for them more than they want it for themselves. And I have seen a lot of people that, you know, me and them have crossed paths and we tried our best to help them. And they just weren't ready. And they came back when they were ready. And wow, what a difference it made. Um, And they were so thankful at the end. But it, it all starts with them. So I'm glad that you said that, that part. Um, and then what you said kind of about church, you know, if you don't like it, you can leave and you can try another church. I know a lot of people are church hurt. Like there's a lot of people who went to church or probably was done wrong by, you know, someone who attended their church or the, the leader of the church. And I don't want that to like deter people from returning to church. Every church is different. And I don't want people to be scared to go to church because they think they're tying their faith and the image of Christ and all of that to that one leader or that one event that happened that hurt them. And it's keeping them from, you know, connecting with the Lord because they're mad at the Lord, but it wasn't the Lord who did it. So, um, I'm glad that you said that too, that, you know, you can go to church and if you don't like a church, you can revisit another church, 
But I'm glad that you mentioned that. And that, that's another topic in and of itself, because um, I've been church hurt too. Um, but that's another topic for another day. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show, Randy, and taking time out your day to be with us. Well, of course, like I said, anything for my sis, like if I was going to do it for anybody first and pop my little podcast bubble, it was going to be with my sis. <laughs> Yay. Well, I mean, if people want to connect with you or if they want to reach out to you for any reason at all, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Lord help you with my thing. But my name on there is SW, the number three, letter T, L-V-N-V-A. Um, that would probably be the easiest way. Just reach out to me on Instagram, slide on the DMs, as they say, and I would be happy to help anybody. Yes. Okay. So, you know, like we totally got to do this like once or twice a year, right? <laughs> Like she just did not. She was like, what I got to like, Randy, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. We just going to get on here and talk. But no, like, seriously, maybe you'll come back. Maybe if it's not next year, maybe the year after next, maybe <laughs> we'll come back. We can do like a catch up with Randy episode. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, thank you guys for listening to us and our foolishness today. But no, like really, I hope that this episode was able to help someone out there. Um, no matter where you are in life, hopefully this is why I love to um, interview uh, an array of people because one size does not fit all. One shoe does not fit all. So there's plenty of people um, in different areas of life. And I might bring someone on this podcast that they can identify more with than the other person I interviewed two weeks ago. And so it's very important that you can see yourself or at least hear yourself, someone that you can relate to. So that's why I love to um, leave contact information and in, in places where you can connect with everybody that's been on the show and all of my guests. But thanks guys for listening this podcast episode. Um, I hope that you got something from it. As always, I will see you in two more weeks. Be safe out there, guys. Bye.